0: Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. Joining me today on the podcast is Steve Roberts. Steve is program coordinator at the Art Space of New Haven, and he also started the Push to Start program, which uses skateboarding and art to inspire civic engagement in the youth. Welcome to the podcast, Steve.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, it feels good to be the first guest. I'm honored. I love sharing my work with people and connecting, so I'm just looking forward to the opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, same here. So uh, let's just uh, let's get right into it. So tell me more about skateboarding and the role that's played throughout your life. And has it always been uh, a passion of yours?
1: So I got into skateboarding when I was 13. It, you know, it's back when like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, the X Games, all that stuff was popping. me and my friends started out on bikes, just building little like jump ramps and stuff like that. You know, we, t- we tried to imitate what we saw in Rock Power. But then, like, my bike got stolen, and then I was like, you know what? Like, I'll try skateboarding, and if I see anybody with a bright green skateboard, I'll know it's mine. From there, it just evolved into me doing it more and more. I did it for about two years, and then a shop opened up downtown called Channel One, and I read about it in the register, and I went by one day. I was like, no, it was cool, man. Like, it was skateboarding, it was hip-hop, it was art. It was a bunch of stuff that, like, I had no idea went hand-in-hand with skateboarding culture. And it was owned by a black man named Lou Cox. And, like, that was really, like, something. And we also grew up in the same neighborhood. So to have someone who looks like you, who understands where you come from, who understands the neighborhood you come from, that really stuck with me. And I hung around the shop. I started hanging around the shop. He'd ask me to, you know, cut some stickers, help him out with t-shirts, fold brochures, like little things like that. And he'd, you know, instead of paying me cash, he'd throw me boards, he'd throw me products. Like he'd throw me cash every now and then, but it was mainly like he kept me skating, you know what I mean? And then from there, I really started working for him, getting paid. And, you know, I just come, even the days I wouldn't work, I'd come. To the shows, stuff like that, just because there was so much interesting stuff going on, and it shaped how I, how I look at things and also like the type of things I thought were cool and like what I, what my interests were, yeah, and from there, it kind of influenced what I looked at in college, what I wanted to do in my own city, like when I come back and like had had the money, had the time. You know, I was old enough to to really organize and get things done.
0: Awesome, awesome. That's a that's an awesome story. It seems like it really gave you a kind of a, a sense of purpose. So that's really cool that a place like that exists. So tell me more about Push to Start and uh, what the organization's doing. I know that uh, you teach kids how to skateboard, but it, it's a little bit more than that, right?
1: Yeah, push to. St- I started Push to Start in 2017. I had. A chance encounter with Miss Diane Brown, who's the director of the Stetson Library. I walked in there one day. I had my board. I was, I was, you know, just looking for a book. And she saw my board, and she was like, "Oh, someone, um, someone donated a few skateboards. It'd be nice if someone could come out and teach some kids how to skate." And from my experience, that was kind of like a suggestion that really wasn't a suggestion. So I was like, you know what, whatever. I got some old parts together. Some people donated like some old boards. And I put, some, I put some whole complete skateboards together. And that following Saturday, I was able to go out there and teach about four or five kids how to skate. And then from then, really started going out every Saturday after that in the parking lot behind the old section library. And it's pretty much, I've been fortunate enough to have it grow from there. About Two years ago, a friend of mine, Bobby Poirier, Bobby Poirier and Jay Joseph, they founded Yale Undergrad Skateboarding Union. And we had, we were lucky enough to have some students come out and teach skateboarding lessons, but also have some allies in the Yale community who who skateboarded and kind of understood the town-gown relationship and wanted to actively undo that. Jay's still around. Bobby Bobby graduated and moved on, but we still—well, not moved on, but like—is doing research. And yeah, from there, after, after I got involved with Jay, and we got put our heads together and got Skandalberry skate park done. And from the back parking lot at Stetson uh, to Skandalberry is where Pusher Start is. So I still do lessons every Saturday, but having. Scandalberry as a hub and as a resource for the kids to come out and skate, even when we're not doing lessons, is like a really big thing and something that like I'm really proud of, really stoked on.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. So basically there was no skate park there. And then you guys created a skate park from a parking lot. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That's I imagine a, a nice piece of the community there. That like you said, they can use if even if you're not giving lessons.
1: Yeah, yeah. Honestly.
0: So uh, something I guess I noticed as as you're talking is it seems like the the word community is like a big piece of what you do from like when you were younger in the skating community and and now still being involved in the skating community. What does community mean to you and like how do you form community around yourself?
1: Community means. Just everyone bringing their unique gifts together and using them in the service of other people. I try to build community just by, you know, introducing myself to folks when they come skate at Scandalberry or just like, you know, a face I don't recognize. Like, hey, what's up? I'm Steve. Like, people call me Scoob. Like, I, I'm from around here. Like, oh, what are you? What do you do? Just meeting new people and making them feel welcome making them feel like they can share their their talents with everyone
0: Hmm. yeah i love that so you mentioned earlier uh you you went to college uh what did you go to college for
1: i went to rhode island college and i graduated with my bachelor's in advertising and public relations
0: okay okay interesting so what made you take the path of um you know not go in the corporate america path because uh, i imagine that would be an option getting a you know a degree in marketing
1: after i graduated i really like what do i want to do how do i want to get involved and i had been involved in some community organizing in providence and i was mm. fortunate enough to get a job as an organizing director after college which is kind of like aligned with, with my degree is in very much a public-facing position, but I was also working as a dishwasher during that time. I lost my organizing director job, but there was something about dishwashing that I was like, oh, like, this is kind of cool. I wanted, you know, I like working in kitchens. I like the aspect of being in the team, you know, having, you know, clearly defined roles and just, you know, it was just an environment that I thought I could thrive in. So I said to myself, I'll do this to you know, until I move up. I moved back home in 2015 or 16. And I just got another dishwashing job and worked at it until I moved up the line. And I was like, you know, let's see how far this cooking thing can take me. I have my degree in my back pocket. And just like I was little off put by the nonprofit industrial complex. And I was like, you know what, I have the skills to organize, I have the knowledge. I'm just going to do something where it doesn't seem like a job or like, I'm, I'm not forced to feel a certain way because of my job. Mm. So I worked, I worked in kitchens. I I did it like, as I've been developing push to start, I've also worked as a chef. I recently got the job at art space this past April, but before then it was just me cooking this whole time. Yeah. And I am kind of fortunate that like my work has, led people to say, like, you know what, I wanna I wanna help out. I wanna get involved. How can we like make this sustainable for you or make this like how can we make sure you're not killing yourself to do this? Yeah, and that's really I've really, really been blessed and fortunate to be around people like that.
0: I like how um how you kind of just seem to to follow what it is that, that you felt you know good in and 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 like you said the role of dishwasher you liked the certain aspects of it and didn't fall into like you know well you graduated with this degree you're supposed to go do this it sounds like you're you know you're listening to your own intuition and i think that's really cool
1: yeah and honestly i kind of was like yeah my degrees in my back pocket like what do i want to do like what excites me because eventually i'll have to do something where You know, I might not like it, but if I have to support a family or if I'm, like, at a point where I can't throw caution to the wind, then, you know, I'll have to buckle down. But, like, I have all this energy, all these ideas. Let me, you know, get it out into the world, into the ether before, like, I have to use my degree. I have to. um, I'm beholden to, you know, my family or my kids or whatever. You know, I was fresh out of college, young okay with being broke or working for little. So yeah. It just it really was like following my intuition and kind of setting these quiet goals and just kinda of staying hyper focused on them, you know, staying true to what I felt I could do and what I believed. And it's it's paid off a few years later. Like my family like sometimes like I butt heads with my family or just like They didn't understand what I was doing, but, you know, here we are years later and like they see like, okay, like he is using his degree. He's just, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) he's just doing it in a way that, you know, he wants to do it and not like in a traditional sense.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. That's great. You want to talk a little bit more about like, um, family pressures and stuff like that? Cause I know that's like kind of a common story. You know, you go to college and your parents put pressure on you to get a good job and, and that sort of thing. Do you want to speak a little bit more to, like, that?
1: Yeah, so I just think my family, the pressure for my family comes from the fact that, you know, I'm an only child. Like, I'm my grandmother's only grandson. My my grandmother had four daughters, and I, my mom was the only one with the kid. Yeah, so, like, that was really a family pressure. And they just, like, they just, they wanted, that's not more like talking down, like, more in the sense that, like, you have so much more potential that can be fulfilled, you know. And, like, they, my family sacrificed a lot for me to get where I want to be, where Mm -hmm. I am now. And I guess they didn't want to see their labor wasted or see how what I was doing wasn't, like, leading me on the wrong track or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I kind of, you kind of have to have this moment in your own head or in your heart of hearts where you're just like, yo, like, like F it. Like I'm, I'm going to do it. And you're so invested and so in tune with your vision, with your dream that like the criticism kind of, kind of wash away or just like, like you're immune to the criticism, like they just bounce off you. And like, not like you don't hear them and you're not receptive to them. More in the sense that, you know, if it's to be, it's up to me. Like, I have a dream, I have a vision, and like I want it, like I know what's in my heart, in my head, and like I just have to get it out. I just have to see it through to fruition. And that's really like what it is. And eventually like people just got tired of talking and just let me do me and <laughs> the results are starting to show, you know?
0: Yeah, that that's that's amazing. Did you have any um, like mentors or people that you looked up to that kind of inspired you to take the path that, that you believed was true?
1: Yeah, um, a bunch of people. Lou Cox was my first mentor. In college, my buddy, my buddy Kasim, who went to my school before me, got to just be like a sounding board for me, like voice frustrations, kind of like, what do I do next? And he just helped me, like, see the value of building, like, a one-on-one relationship with somebody. Like, I played basketball, so during the summer when I was home, we'd we'd work out together for hours. And then after, like, we'd go get food and just, like, talk about, like, what do you want to do afterwards? Or how do you feel about how your freshman year went versus your sophomore year? Things like that, like maturity. Also, Chan-Ravi Prong she was an organizer in Providence. She's actually attending the Yale School of Public Health now. And she was just like my big sister in the movement, like who kind of got me to understand like, oh, like a lot of the nonprofit stuff is like, is a complex, you know, the nonprofit industrial complex. She really like opened my eyes to how that works. And she was very matter of fact, in how she dealt with people and like cut through a lot of the, cut through a lot of the fat, like a lot of the stuff I I experienced was like BS and I wasn't for it at all. And she's like, she's the first one who, who helped me feel like I wasn't alone. Yeah, I even consider like my partner in crime on the Scandalberry stuff, Jay Joseph, like Jay Joseph is younger than me, but like I consider him a mentor just because I admire the way he thinks. He always kind of shifts my perspective on things. And I just think like, the trajectory of what jay wants to do and like where he's going with skateboarding you know like jay will be running things in five or ten years you know what i mean so like it's always good to like that he he kind of uses me as a soundboard or just like will text me random things throughout the day or at night that you know even if we don't have a conversation on them they always make me think and always make me consider my perspective
0: Hmm. yeah the people around you i think are you know key to to your success and and to helping you you know become who you're supposed to be so so that's definitely definitely important. Yeah. As far as like your work and and what you do now like how would you define success and what does it mean to you because I know everybody has a different definition of it.
1: Um I feel like what I'm doing is successful but success for me personally would be me being able to about between my ideas freely be able to have push to start stand on its own without me, you know, putting so much effort into it. I guess just more time for like leisurely pursuits, mm. not, it doesn't necessarily have to be money for some folks. For me, I I like to make a certain amount of money when I, mean, I have like my personal goals, but I just think success for me is just to be able to indulge like a little a few more of your leisurely pursuits and not be so tied down to like what you do that supports you. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, definitely.
1: Yeah, but there's also like a part of it where like you see these memes where it's like, I don't like what would your dream job be? Like I don't my dream job would, would be me not dreaming of labor. Uh, I feel like there's there's always something, there's like a passion you have that like you do. That like maybe tough or just like maybe like a lot of effort, but when like you do like when you're in the grind mode of it, it doesn't feel like work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know. I always feel like you should do something that's like a little bit tough that makes you sweat, that makes you like appreciate being able to sit on the beach somewhere or just like like I I feel like things should be made easier for people. Like the work should be easier. Like people should be paid more people should be paid equitably. But there's also a part of it that's like, you feel good. Like that's a good feeling after like, for example, you like you spend all day setting up your podcast, scrambling around. And then when you're able to like interview your guests, push it out, like edit your podcast, push it out. There's like, okay, like that was some work. But like, like this is a, good it's a good tire. You know what I mean? It's a good exhausted. Mm-hmm. It's like I've given so much of myself to my vision and my passion that, like, you know, starting to get, le- it's starting to grow legs and, like, run on its own. You know, kind of like a parent who, you know, sees their child walk for the first time. Like, parenting is a tough job, but there's, the, there's these moments that he's like, yo, like, you know what? i do it all over again, you know? And just having not sustain people in addition to, like, being able to kick back with, with friends and, like, take time for yourself and things like
0: that yeah yeah those are two really good points definitely you know sense of uh fulfillment and accomplishment in the work that you do but then also being able to relax right because i feel like especially in the in the corporate realm there's like no emphasis on being able to take a day off or take a vacation or anything like that it's always like work 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 but it's also important to like enjoy the work that you've accomplished so those are those are some good points
1: exactly
0: So what do you do to keep learning? Are you like a reader? You hit on some mentors? Uh, Do you take any courses or anything like that? Like what do you do to keep education going?
1: Um, I, I consider myself like an infinitely curious person. So I try to keep my eye on different things that are going on around New Haven. The Arts Council has a good like events page. There's like an event bright page for New Haven. You know, there are cool things. There's always cool things going on at the Yale Art Gallery, around campus, just kind of keeping an eye out for those type of things, lectures, what have you. I love to read. I love nonfiction. I had a, I had a little, like, Malcolm Gladwell phase, and that was mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, and I'm just, like, always, like, YouTube, like, oh, how is this made? Like, uh, that show, How It's Made, I think that's, like, one of the coolest shows on TV because you never really consider about, like, little stupid mundane things, like how pencils put together. But I don't know. It's just like very curious, like keeping that curiosity around about the world around you. It's like, Mm. you know, that kind of childlike sense of curiosity, like wonder. Yeah, but also like we have one of the most powerful information devices ever on our person. So like when people are just like, oh, why why is this like this? Like, you know, Google it. Like that's how it starts. With a question, that's how curiosity starts. I also try to read like the news, Harvard Business Review, like things like that, just to see how like people who are the leaders in their field are thinking, or just like how thinking is shifting, how culture is shifting, how technology is shifting, that sort of thing,
0: mm. yeah, definitely curiosity is I think the the foundation of of education, so. What would, you, uh, what would you have for advice for somebody who feels stuck in a job that they're kind of just doing for the money or maybe they feel like they can't make a change, but maybe they have this thought in their head that keeps coming to them that they want more and they want to do something that they're more, you know, passionate about or more aligned with purpose? What would you tell them?
1: Save your money. Be willing to do it for free. And, uh, <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> and have a have a good support system that will support you when you need it, but also get you together if you don't come correct. You know, like, it's easy to have friends that are yes men, but also we have friends that are, like, that'll be like, yo, bro, this ain't right. Like, you need to do this better. You need to do better. Is important. Because even if you don't agree, it shifts your perspective, and it makes you think, like, why would they say that? You know, it's easy to be like, "Oh, they're just hating," or whatever. They don't want to see you succeed. But if it's a someone whose friendship you truly value, it should it should shift your perspective. But also, um, you know, just oh, networking is key because you know there's little grants and little programs that you can get involved in. Like, for example, Collab was a a small business and nonprofit incubator that I was fortunate enough to be a part of, and Ben Berkowitz introduced me to the director, Carolyn Smith, on on Twitter. You know what I mean? And Carolyn did the first logo for Push to Start. And like we just started talking, you know what I mean? and, just be, and Ben Berkowitz is someone I met through skateboarding, through just being like, you know, just being around. So yeah, just like, yeah, those things. And you kind of have to have a willpower. Like just have an iron will. It might not work out. There'll be days that are tough, days that are frustrating, but like keep the end goal in sight. Yeah, just keep that end goal in sight. Keep it in your heart of hearts. That's what I did. And that's what helped me.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great advice. So yeah, as we're uh, we're coming to the end of our time here, uh, but I got one more question for you. And that's what's next for you and how can people support the work that you do?
1: Okay. What's next for me? is continuing to expand push Your start. I'd like to get into some after school programming, continuing to build up finding a line in New Haven with Jay, continuing my work with art space, kind of bringing, you know, underrepresented populations, younger kids, black and brown folks into into art space. Lisa has really been adamant about that. And she's been working closely like with the city's cultural equity plan to make sure like our programming and you know just who we are as an organization aligns with like the vision for the future yeah and just doing more cooking honestly
0: awesome i thank you again steve for coming on this podcast and being the first guest and i uh, wish you the best with push to start in your cooking and all your future endeavors
1: thank you Gina.